Welcome to the Portable Pulpit. Let's go. What up, family? This is Colby Corso on the Portable Pulpit. And I know we've been off for a minute. Uh, we had a lot of changes. 2020 happened and bombshelled all of us. Uh, but I wanted to jump back on the pod and uh, connect with some of you and talk a little bit about um, things that are going out here in southwest Colorado. Um, so, as many of you are aware, we got past the election. A lot of people uh, obviously have made coronavirus into a political affair. Some are still trying to stick to the ever-changing and rapid data uh, that comes out about coronavirus. And a lot of people, overwhelmed by much of the information, whether in the news uh, or fake news or on social media, are um, as confused as ever or as divided into their camps as ever. Where we're at right now is that um, some states are at a place where they're um, gobbling up power and are trying to shut things from businesses down um, selectively, certain types of businesses. They're trying to shut churches down, um, different things that they feel like um, are avenues by which the virus could spread, uh, potentially hurt more people, potentially kill more people. Um, some states are largely remaining open, um, trying not to pick and choose which uh, to close down. Here in our county, in La Plata County in southwest Colorado, uh, one of the issues that we have, uh, as many counties around the nation have, is a lot of the big box stores are being able to be uh, to remain open. So your Walmart, your Home Depots, uh, these types of businesses are deemed essential. They have tons of lawyers and defense so that they can remain open. While at the same time, um, a lot of our small local businesses, which a lot in Southwest Colorado, we're pretty proud of our local small businesses. Um, the mom and pop stuff is being shut down. And so there is an unbalanced uh, uh, approach to which businesses we deem essential and we keep open and which ones we shut down. Now, here in Colorado, there's been a case where um, churches uh, sued the state government for a violation because they're keeping Walmart open, but they're trying to make regulations against churches. We kept the pot shops open, and we kept the liquor stores open, and we kept certain selective businesses open, but we're trying to shut down churches, and that lawsuit has uh, given us some level of freedom as ministries. Now, let me say this. As far as I know, we were one of the first churches in western Colorado to reopen back up in May. Um, we've remained open uh, throughout the summer and now into December, um, for us, we felt that as the data was even coming out at that time, that it did not justify shutting our church down um, based on what we were reading about the mortality rate. And I know that right now the conversation is predominating, predominantly about cases, um, but as more cases come out, and even as I saw a report come out that in December of 2019, people that gave blood, they're able to now extrapolate that they had antibodies to the coronavirus in December 2019. So there's it obviously spread faster than what we thought. It obviously um, uh, was more widespread. As more people have gotten the disease, though, it's become the number of people that it kills has went down as well. And we, I think, as, as Christians and as people that care about other people, should praise God that the virus um, doesn't kill the numbers of people that they thought it would. Um, as our church began to see that play out even earlier, we felt that the message that we have of the gospel 
and the role that we play in the community to serve um, those around us was too vital for us to shut down our church. At the same time, I think a lot of churches, um, you know, had to have a conversation about what their ecclesiology was. What is their doctrine of their church? And one thing for me that I, that I uh, discussed with our elders is the church is is not less than its gathering. It's many more things than its gathering, but it's not less than its gathering. And uh, I have been just amazed at how many people we've met and connected to, um, how many people have been baptized, and how many have heard the gospel, um, whether gathering in our location or through our online church services. And so uh, for me, uh, because we stayed open, um, we were able to reach so many more people and to play our role as salt and light and a pillar of the truth in our community. And so that brings us to now where we're meeting, and I would guess probably 20 to 30 percent of our church is still not attending uh, in person, uh, but we have an online service where they're able to do that. At the same time, we've probably gained 20 or 30 percent more people um, just because we've continued to do outreach and, um, and, and what God's been doing in 2020. So we're at this weird place where now, as cases are beginning to spike again, our local government, our state government, even the federal government, there's conversations about are we shutting things down again? Or, you know, what is the mass mandate? Meanwhile, here in La Plata County tonight, uh, there is a, an organized walk in support of uh, um, limiting the government's ability to make some of these mandates. Um, there's a, a lot of businesses that have gotten together. Um, that have gotten a legal team, apparently, um, to defend their right to stay open and keep their businesses. Uh, my wife told me last week that one of the small business owners in Durango uh, committed suicide. Uh, I can't confirm that, but that committed suicide in, in regards to losing their business. And so some of these small business owners, if they don't open back up, like they're going to lose their livelihoods, their life savings they've poured into their businesses. They're going to lose these businesses. And the economics of it, I think, are pretty clear that there's an ecosystem where, you know, like small businesses depend upon each other. And uh, one report that I read online said that $200 billion of profit that usually goes to small businesses has went to these larger stores that have remained open in light of smaller businesses having to close. And so these are people that are going to unemployment. These are people being fired. And so there, there's, a, there's a divide here. So there's a conversation about health and taking care of people and whether the measures have been good measures or not. For instance, uh, many people will argue that we shouldn't have quarantined everybody, but just those that are high risk or those that have the virus should be quarantined. Everybody else that's healthy should be able to make decisions about their own life. Um, so there's criticism about, you know, basically shutting everybody down for a virus uh, that largely now is affecting those that are um, weaker among us. Now, um, I've had coronavirus. I just recovered from it, and uh, and I want to put the asterisk. It, for me, it was uh, a little bit like just a mild flu. I had like two or three days where my skin felt weird, and I had a cough for like five days. But like I ran in my backyard, did pull-ups and squats all the way through it, and while I kind of felt like trash a couple days, it, like it didn't, it wasn't the end of the world. And when I get the flu, it was much heavier on me. Now I say that to say that with an asterisk because 
Um, you know, we understand that the way this affects your immune system, that coronavirus affects different people differently. Looking at the numbers, if, if you hit the genetic lottery, you could be a 25-year-old CrossFitter, perfectly healthy, but if you just got the right genetics, it gets in your system and it'll kill you. But by and large, those that are dying uh, are not 25-year-old CrossFitters, but are seniors, 80 years old, if you're grossly obese, if you have diabetes, if you're going through chemo for cancer, if you have these other things, these other factors that enter into the equation, the virus can be incredibly dangerous for you. It's not like winning the lottery. It's more like winning a bingo or something like that. And so I, I believe that the virus is dangerous and it is real. It's absolutely easy to transfer, but at the same time, it, it is not as deadly as what precipitated shutting everything down to begin with at, at uh, the start of 2020. And so some of these businesses now and some of these individuals that are losing their jobs what we're seeing in our community is suicides have skyrocketed. Now, Colorado has, anyways, a very high suicide rate. I think we're second to Alaska. And um, some of the police and uh, responders that I've connected with have said they're pulling bodies out of houses like every week um, here and that we're going to lose a ton more people to killing themselves in Colorado than we will lose to the virus. Um, I don't know what those numbers are. I noticed that this year they stopped reporting some of the suicides. Some people are saying that the reason they stopped reporting is because they are so high. Um, I've also heard reports from people that are connected um, to some of the reports saying that if they find a suicide that has antibodies for coronavirus, that they're counting as a coronavirus. I can't validate that. But you can kind of get from some of the conversations that this is some of the skepticism about how numbers of coronavirus deaths are being reported some of the some of the blind eye that's being turned to the psychological and spiritual damage to people of quarantining people. Um, God called us to be in community. We need each other. We need sunlight. We need to get out. And so there's an unintended consequence of some of this quarantine, and that's directly connected to, you know, individuals ending their lives, especially whenever we've left um, pot shops and we've left the alcohol open and people are just self-medicating. Um, we, even as a ministry, have expressed or experienced some of the stress that the quarantine and some of the shutdown and some of the chaos of 2020 has put on people's marriages. Um, now we got kids that they're trying to mask up at our local schools, and so many of those uh, kids are, are doing, on, they've done throughout 2020 online or joint online or different things. And so the normal rhythm of what families do is creating Un, un, uh, unexpected stress in their lives. And so um, I, I get the virus side of it. I get um, the, the economic side. I think I get the, the power side of it. Being, you know, from Oklahoma, we don't ever trust the government. But um, one of the things about that is, is like some people seem very nervous about how much power and the trampling of our freedoms and rights that's going on. And, you know, and even when we did our first podcast on coronavirus, we said, you know, what's dangerous about government taking up power is that people are very slow to ever give power back. And so in some places, um, you see individuals like John MacArthur in their church, you know, the government's trying to take their property, uh, um, canceling some of their leases, cutting off water or electricity to the church, threatening them with jail time for having church. And, 
And so you, you see these kinds of things happening in certain places, and you wonder about the overstep of government. What I find curious is, is some of my people that are looking at it from a medical perspective are saying the virus is dangerous or that you should wear a mask or those things. And I, uh, just as a caveat here, I wash my hands. I wear a mask when I go into someone else's business. If wearing a mask is what I have to wear in order to come to your business, I feel like I can choose not to go to your business or I can choose to wear a mask to come in. That's kind of like, I don't blame you for a mandate that that business didn't necessarily come up with. All right, and I washed my hand before 2020 just because it's a healthy thing to do, right? Because like your hands get dirty, you touch all kinds of nasty stuff. So I like for me, I will wear a mask and those things. But the people that are concerned about the medical or the health side, oftentimes are deaf to the people that are chiefly concerned about the government overstep side. The government overstep people are largely um, not listening to some of the things that the people on the medical side are doing. And so I think we all have kind of, you know, since our first podcast about coronavirus, we've all kind of like gravitated towards these camps. And I would just argue that as a Christian, we uphold a lot of truths at once, and it is not something that's just a mental exercise, it's a spiritual exercise that we believe in personal responsibility, and yet God is sovereign. We believe in choice and freedom, and then we also believe in accountability. And so you can hold multiple truths up, and I can say okay, yeah, the virus, if it hits certain people, it's straight, it's going to murk them. And then at the same time, I can say the government um, is dangerously like overstepping its bounds in some of these things, and there has to be accountability to these decisions. For instance, here in our county, uh, we have a thing called the San Juan Basin Health, and they're largely responsible for giving out these mandates and making these decisions. Previous to this virus... Uh, I did not know they had a multi-million dollar budget or, you know, dozens of employees. And I didn't know what they did in a day-in, day-out basis. I also didn't know how did they get into that position. Are they elected, right? Are they appointed by the state? And so some of these things are like, who are these appointed people that are making decisions that affect people's very lives? And what accountability do they have for those decisions that they're making. And so we've kind of come to some weaknesses in our system. And so I know that we've kind of gravitated towards, okay, well, this is all political or all, no, this is all health, or you're the one that's denying science or I'm the one denying science. But I think that there's a way to, that if we can be wise, we can listen to all of um, the different camps, have a discerning ear, and then still glorify Jesus and walk uprightly in the middle. And that's going to be Maybe where I bring this in the harbor, because the one thing that I would say has been marvelous about 2020 and amazing, and I know, I get the memes that said 2020 is the worst. I think they're hilarious. I see the jokes online. I I, I'm, I think it's been a good like reprieve from all the actual stress that's went on in 2020. I mean, it took out Kobe Bryant. You know, Australia caught on fire at one point. You know, nobody even remembers that stuff because it was so long ago. They, they took 2020, took down Kenny Rogers. Um, and all this stuff going on brought a global economy to its knees. And I get the jokes. The jokes have kind of been a reprieve, but I think we've, we've bashed on 2020. But as a Christian, one of the things that I would say has been marvelous about 2020 is, is how it's opened people up to bigger stuff. 
where I feel like for so long we go through the grind of our days back in 2018, 2019, and we have these blinders on. When we first got here to Colorado and we're trying to live the way of Jesus, we're trying to share the way of Jesus and invite people into the way of Jesus, you know, sometimes we've got people that they worship drugs or they worship sports or skiing or the outdoors or nature or yoga or Buddhism or whatever. And it's it was really fascinating in my first couple of years here, um, you know, the conversations that you get into with pagan people just saying, nah, man, my life is about some other thing that I follow. You talk about life and death and they're like, whoa, whoa, like I'm not trying to mess with all that. Like I'm just trying to have a good time and, and ski when there's powder on the mountain. And I get all that. And so that's kind of been, you know, what it's meant to be doing ministry here um, for the first couple of years. But, you know, as 2020 came, it's amazing how many hour-long conversations I've had with people who are not believers, who are open to life and death, who've talked to me about church and how powerful church is and community and how they need that, even though they hadn't been attending church for, for decades, right? But all of a sudden, like, we've gotten back to being able to have these conversations about what really matters. And if there's anything I would say to my brothers and sisters in Christ that are out there listening to this, it's that take advantage of 2020. There are some people that are down to have conversations about truth that were not down to have conversations about truth two years ago. Like, God has tilled up the soil of many people in your life, their hearts. He tilled up their hearts and you got to sow the seed of the gospel. you got to sow truth in their lives. For all the media lies and all of the opinions on social media and all the BS that people are getting disillusioned with, what's beautiful is, is that if you'll speak the truth in love and you'll live the truth in love, like people are incredibly hungry for that and thirsty for that. And so no lie that the media tells in any ways nullifies the truth of the gospel. Right, no, no, no amount of distractions or entertainment, and and I think that God has done a thing with I think even chilling out sports and even um, chilling out uh, money making in the economy, making us more conscious of our health and whether we'll live and die. And some people retreating into a camp of fear, um, some people retreating into a camp of boldness. If they die, they die. Sort of Russian Rocky boxer thing, um, and wherever people are on that spectrum. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've I've just had God open up some amazing conversations with people. And as Christians, this is a time, and we said this from the beginning in our church, and I, I, I admonish you with you again, this is a time for us to advance the kingdom, not to shrink it, to take a step forward, not a step back. And so um, in the midst of tonight, um, businesses getting together, trying to fight for their livelihood, in the midst of questions about government overstep, in ever-changing data and the thousands of pages of reports that are coming out about what the coronavirus is or isn't and how that's different than we thought it was in February, in the midst of everything that is going on, it's time for Christians to preach Christ and to live to the glory of Christ. And if, if you wake up one day in the midst of all the things that are hectic in coronavirus land and you don't know what to do with the politics and you don't know what to do with the the scientific reports, or you don't know what to do with your business or your economy, if you wake up one day and you don't know what to do, wake up that day, Christian, get out there, preach Christ, live Christ, and that'll be something you'll never regret. I love you guys. So good to be back on the pod. We're going to have a few of these trying to catch up in the coming weeks, and we hope that you would uh, like the Portable Pulpit, subscribe, and 
share it with the people you like the most. We love you guys, and we'll catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to The Portable Pulpit. If you've been blessed, like it, share it, subscribe to it, and for goodness sake, send us some ideas.